Welcome to Product Coffee, a podcast where product professionals from Ibotta share stories, advice, and thoughts on all things product over a cup of coffee. Grab a cup of Joe and join us to level up your product career 30 minutes at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, David Ojukoya, and I have here Kevin Gentry, Lou Cirillo, Patrick Kay, and Jake Werlin. Our topic for today is pivoting knowing when and how to pivot. As we all know, we are going through uh, perilous times that we have not gone through before. So we're going to be talking about how this has affected us as product professionals and how we've had to pivot and how we've known when and what we have had to do to pivot. So can someone start us off? Yeah, I think that's a uh, it's a great topic. Very top of mind. I'm sure a lot of PMs out there um, are, are thinking about this. So um, hopefully we can you know share our stories and thoughts and how how the things have been going and maybe that can help guide some some decisions. But um, so far, I mean, you know, I'm I'm pretty impressed with how our company has responded to everything that's going on and we're we're allowed to pivot our product strategies and roadmaps, which is great. So I think you know and and actually you know encouraged to be thinking of this and um, really be the the experts and the leaders of our specific product lines and and to give that advice and like well yeah with what we know and what has changed here's what we recommend and, and I think that's nice to have other leaders in the company looking to us um, to to hear that so I think we're we're in a one we're in a great company to be able to pivot but I think you know as a product manager. Uh, especially what I've been doing is, you know, especially the turn of this quarter and going into Q2, we've already kind of had plans in place and what we wanted to accomplish in Q2. I'm sure other PMs have as well. So I think we had to kind of like take a step back and say, well, what's really happening? What, what should we be doing? Is it the right thing? Should we reevaluate um, pulling things up or not focusing on something that um, we should have? Um, so I don't know if anyone has a, a specific story they would like to tell on their roadmap. I'll say, Lou, I know you've been kind of subject to probably more of the changes in the, the near term. I'm not sure if you have any thoughts there. I do, but I actually, I actually have kind of an older story. And I think this is going to be like a little bit, um, maybe a little bit more relevant. So when I, uh, right out of college, I had a startup and we were doing 3D scanning tech uh, for the human body. And the whole reason we got into this thing was because we wanted to do things related to e-commerce and clothing and like showing like what size apparel fits. It was like such a 10 year ago idea, but it was cool at the time. So anyway, we pitched all of our investors. We pitched everybody this grand vision of us solving returns in the clothing industry through human avatars and, and everything, right? Well, when it came to pivoting, we were probably... I want to say a year in and we were developing our technology and a few things happened. One, uh, I realized pretty quickly that the amount of time that we could buy for engineering versus the time it would take us to build the product, uh, we weren't going to get it to market before we had run out of capital, um, at least with the first capital raise that we had. And so what we had to do is we had to actually think of a strategic pivot. Where would we actually go with the business that could get us the economic security we needed in order to bring the product to market faster. And, you know, so I kind of bring that 
interesting story up because, you know, we actually had to not only come up with that pivot, we decided to change and go after the fitness industry. And then I had to actually take the business decision of that pivot and bring it back to our investors and the new people we were focusing on for the round for our next round and talk to them about how, Hey, everything we told you about in the first year. Yeah. We're, we're going to have to put that on hold and, and do something completely else. So in that sense, that was probably the most true pivot I think I've ever really experienced. And it got brought on by a few factors, economics for one development time and corporate security were the, the main things that I was considering. That's interesting. It's like a balance of how much is going your way for a specific topic or item versus like if one of those things gets removed and then how, like it's almost like a balance being right. Like how much that weighs the decision-making or the pivot down. Um, yeah, it's kind of interesting. So I think that's a lot of what's going on today. So let's maybe take that as a starting point for PMs who need to pivot their their companies, what would you all say are the markers that signal that you should have a pivot in your strategy? So uh, how about Patrick? Let's start with you. Yeah, I'm kind of on the topic of uh, previous companies and uh, kind of the founder topic. Obviously, I think market forces and economic forces are probably going to be the biggest one. But I think the, the way you're generally going to find that is consumer preferences. So in your case, you know, there was something similar in my case. Uh, you know, I, I founded a couple of companies in the past as well. And one I did more recently uh, was a brewery, actually. And we went with a slightly different business model specifically so we could raise less capital and try and kind of work our way into uh, the industry and stuff like that. And so we unfortunately didn't do the best market research. Uh, and so let this be a good lesson in user research and market research are pretty key before you go and raise half a million dollars. Uh, but what we ended up doing about a year into it was realizing that our, our strategy, well, I mean, probably realized six months into it wasn't sufficient. Uh, so how we were trying to distribute products was sufficient for maybe 20 or 30 smaller size kind of creative, uh, restaurants, tap rooms, et cetera. But we weren't driving essentially the revenue that we were expecting. And so we were at a bind where we had enough mark, we had enough capital where we could either double down on essentially what we were doing with distributing uh, or distributing all of our products, or we could take an alternative approach and try and build a taproom. But what we were saying was we had a, an upsurge in a wave kind of from consumer purchase behavior, but as the product got out there and it wasn't so new, then you started to see it stabilizing. And so what we really needed to do was probably not double down, but instead do the taproom. Unfortunately, we ended up in a, a kind of a cash buying situation and unfortunately break down in kind of the business plan uh, with some of the business partners. So ultimately, I ended up selling my IP and stepping away. But it was that key point of what is the consumer preference? How are their purchase behaviors going? Mm -hmm. And so especially in today's world where that is shifting dramatically, having those early indicators, seeing the early trends is going to at least let you know, oh, crap, we can't plan for something six months from now. Or something two months from now we got to make a pivot right now yeah it's interesting what do you think kevin what are some of the early indicators for you about when you should start pivoting a strategy 
Yeah, I think, I mean, both of what you guys said, I think makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm trying to think of like a past experience that we've had. Um, I think trying to, you know, if you don't have that product market fit in general with the product um, and, and something then happens in the industry um, and you're still exploring product market fit, I think that's something where it's like you got to, you have to pivot fast and then really <laughs> get some quick answers. Um, so Kevin, yeah, you, you probably have a unique perspective as a musician. Yeah. So for you, it, you know, like what is the musician pivot kind of thing? Like how do you alter that's, music stuff? Yeah, that's interesting. I've been thinking about that. Um, my last album I put out was probably in like 2015, I believe. And, um, we kind of were pretty active as a band. We put out a whole album. We, we went, uh, played a couple shows and, um, and we kind of decided to, it, it kind of fizzled out. Right. Um, and trying to figure out what happened and why we decided to stop playing music at the time. And some of those outside factors kind of played into those decisions. Right. So like, um, for instance, someone leaves the band or someone has to go, uh, commute or, um, Move, move to a different city. So then you have to backfill. You can't find the right musician. So it's kind of like these outside factors that are cause you to rethink your strategy. Uh, for instance, we were a four-piece band, and then losing one of the core members, we were like, oh, what do we do now? We got to kind of like, do we stay the course and try to backfill and try to find the exact same member to fill that band? Or is it something, should we just rethink our sound? Like, should we kind of reinvent ourselves? Um, and it kind of ended up going down that route where I think this is interesting in product where the, the repivot is actually a reinvention of the product line itself where you kind of find this new niche or this new interesting new normal um, throughout all of this kind of chaos. So um, we, we've had a couple of those moments in the band just began being small and then, you know, um, so I, I think that's kind of interesting, but in terms of like, you know, changing a sound or something like that, I think, you know, the members play a key part in that, but yeah. What about you, Dave? Yeah, I was actually thinking about a past story as well. Um, <laughs> this was before I got into products. I, I, I was in business development and uh, I worked for a company that sold GPS technology uh, for the construction industry. And we were taking the product out to South America, Latin America in general. And uh, we'd had some success in Mexico and uh, I believe Peru. And uh, we visited El Salvador. And El Salvador was just coming out of a recession then as with most other countries. And uh, so this, this products help you get more productive. They help to automate a lot of construction tasks. So we... We had visited some potential construction companies, and I remember what one of the uh, general managers told us. He said, wow, your product is really cool. It'll save me a lot of time. But with the recession, I can hire 50 people to do the same job. So that uh, was something we did not anticipate. So that was obviously a a, a, um, a, a change in our person, a change in what we thought uh, about the market, and we had to go back and uh, sit with the product managers and and start building kind of a low budget alternative. So think of like a uh, Intel Celeron versus Pentium, something like that. And we we ended up building something like that that we took out there that was way cheaper, didn't automate as much, but still helped out. 
So I, uh, just like you guys said, uh, product market fit, uh, if that changes, then that's a good sign to pivot. Also changes in consumer behavior, which we see is happening a lot uh, with, the, uh, with what's going on in, around the world right now. That should also signal a change in, uh, 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 it, should signal, it should give you a sign to start to pivot your product strategy. I think it's different too with like um, mechanical, like the physical product world um, shifting in that versus shifting in technology uh, and like software, right? Because that's much more, it's a quicker reaction times. Yeah. Um, I think even further bringing it to music too. Like if you're playing a concert on stage and you can like see people's actual reactions, <laughs> I think that that's exactly. easy to pivot, right? Because then you say, Oh, they don't like that. <laughs> we got to change. Yeah. That. Um, that is true. Yeah. Yeah. If they start walking out, then you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you better pivot fast. Right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I think in, improvisation is a pretty interesting skill in a product manager. Like being able to pivot on a dime, I think, is like very um, a good skill, but is one of those kind of like um, street skill or what? What's the what's the term? Like street smart street skills, where you don't you can't really learn that that well. Um, we've yeah. actually taken an improv class as a product team pretty early on too. So I thought that was um, it. Definitely encouraged that for other product teams out there. You know, it's funny you bring that up as, as kind of an interesting point. It also talks about fear, right? Like hmm. a lot of people are afraid to edit their perfectly crafted product roadmap that they've spent so much time on. And I think that's one thing that, you know, generally as a cod is like, don't ever be too married to what you've got on the roadmap and yeah. feel like at any day you could shift that around and go full stop on what you're building to do something else. If you have that mentality in mind, I think it's easier to pivot. And if you're too afraid, it'll never happen. Well, I think also, though, counter to that, you can also get into a pivoting mindset where you're constantly doing that and you're not focusing and not delivering on anything. I think that's a a risk in itself. Um, I wonder, like, I I don't know if we have a good answer for this, but what what is, like, going back to the original prompt, what is the right time to pivot, like? Do, do we know? <laughs> is there, do you stay the course until then, you know, the walls are burning down and the last wall's still up, but then that's okay. And then the rest of the house can be built. Like, is that, I don't know. It's kind of like the trash compactor in Star Wars. Yeah, right. Not even thinking about it. Like, oh, we probably need to change our behavior. Otherwise, we're going to get squashed. Yeah. And it's so funny because they actually didn't change their behavior. Something outside changed it for <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound familiar at all right now. <laughs> uh, no, I think kind of bring it back to the present. I think for us at Ibotta, I mean, consumer behavior is obviously changing, right? Like we're all dealing with that on a day-to-day basis. People are shopping online, which is something we've never really spent too much time on, at least in our core business of CPG rewards. So I think for us, I think this one's actually been kind of easy in terms of determining when to pivot, like the market's basically forcing us to do it. Um, not, not, to, not to sell ourselves short in terms of recognizing the need to pivot, but like, I think there are some times where it's really hard to see when the pivot is necessary and sometimes when yeah. it's pretty much right in front of you. And I feel like this is one of those times where it's like, yeah, literally everyone we know is not going outside. How are they gonna buy groceries? Hmm, they have computers. Yeah. 
Yeah, the product market fit kind of shifts, right? I mean, it's it's that yeah. tipping point in the mobile e-commerce that you're like, or the, the web e-commerce too, right? Of like more people that haven't been trying these things are now trying out of necessity and like being forced to do that. But that gets them over the biggest hump. It's just like signing up and getting through that funnel. I know Patrick knows a little bit about funnels, but <laughs> I think, you know, getting and forcing people through the top of that funnel now means there's more to be at the end there. So, yeah, I think that to me, it brings up a, a really interesting question, one that we've been trying to answer over the last couple of weeks, but it's, if we're, if people are being forced into this change in behavior, how permanent is it? Yeah. And is this something that like, are we going to pivot back as, as the pandemic winds down? knock on wood, like, what does that mean? Do we need to be preparing for that now? Like, how much of a pivot should we be doing at the moment? So, you know, it's kind of funny about the way that I've been thinking about this in the last few weeks. Um, obviously, because for, for reference, uh, you know, I'm working on the e-commerce side of our company. And this was something that we were in the process of building out. And the way that we looked at this was much more of a, how do we accelerate rather than it's not necessarily a direct pivot from our strategy. The strategy is actually pretty much the same. The question was just, how do we get there faster? And in that point, what we started looking at is more trade-offs. If we pull this ahead, what are we, maybe we're not getting rid of it, but what are we putting behind and how does that affect our customer experience, our saver experience? And I feel like those are the things that, you know, sometimes it's not necessarily a pivot. It's more of an advancement. And, you know, even if the market does change, well, we were kind of intent anticipating going this direction anyway. So it's not the worst, not the worst thing for us, but for other parts of our company, it's definitely a major pivot. I think that, that brings up a good point. Like you're saying that you had a couple different options with what you knew at the time you picked option A. With yeah. now when things change, you're just picking option B, but you already had option B somewhat refined and laid out. Um, yep. In our case, yeah, it was all in the roadmap. It was stuff that we were going to do in, you know, Q2, Q3 uh, timeframe. And now we're going to pull it up to be, you know, the next thing that we work on. And that's a good exercise. I think that's a, in planning and, and when you're building out your strategy is to kind of think, what could go wrong? Like question those things. Um, what if our clients don't do this? What if our, what if something outside of our control happens? Like what would we actually do? just to be prepared and, you know, in, in terms of improvising to, to make that better decision on what to do next. Right. I think, yeah, I think it's so important to not be emotionally invested in your roadmap because yeah. this stuff happens all the time. Like pivots happen. Um, and I think it's like, it's, it's more just like the norm is pivoting almost is <laughs> like, it just happens. So I, yeah, I, I think it's, we talk about building these 12 month roadmaps, but how often do we actually like stick to a schedule for three months, let alone 12. Um, so it's just, it's just kind of using your best guess at the time. I think to your point, it's just like, this is with what I know now, this yeah. is what we would do, but this right. could change at any moment. Well, I like the planning the 12 months, but like maybe a couple different scenarios, right? Like I think with ask, asking yourself those what if questions and like having almost like this decision tree uh, roadmap, which would be kind of interesting exercise to put together. I don't know how, how successful that would be, but <laughs> I kind of think about it as having like your own idea backlog for your product. Right. Like if you kind of like, like the way that I, I treat that, this is kind of an interesting piece, but like when I sit there and aha and I'm building out the roadmap, I, I kind of feel like generally speaking, like three months, I'm pretty 
like, yeah, I got this for three months. Anything after the three month marker to me is like backlog brainstorming. Like I just slot ideas in there and I'm totally willing to move them around. Yeah. Yeah, Something I've done uh, with other businesses and other parts, uh, other professions is actual business continuity readiness plans um, and really just business and continuity plans in general makes me wonder if we should really be trying to do that in our own spheres or at least as kind of like, you know, kind of a group mentality. And it's kind of this worst case scenario, best case scenario across the board so that we have the backlog more or less ready just in case something like that happens. And I've, I've just, as a PM, I've never done that for a software company. Yeah, that'd be very interesting. Yeah. All right. We're about running out of time now. Um, let's just, does anyone have any final thoughts to throw out there? Um, I would say don't be afraid to pivot. Um, I think a lot of PMs in the space, again, are doing that right now. Um, but, um, and, and then also, you know, plan for, for pivots, I think in the future, uh, I think, again, that's maybe some good homework that we can give to our users, come up with a couple different scenarios, um, akin to what's going on in the world right now and plan out your roadmap based on those scenarios. Um, and then see if that's something that you kind of adopt over time. All right. So homework is, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I would add like, as PMs, our job is to know the market. So it's almost our job to know when to suggest a pivot to the company. So yeah, I'd say double down on, on KG's proposal to just go through some of these crazy scenarios and just be ready for them. I'll kind of add on to that and say, as much as it's important to know when to pivot, it's also important to know when not to pivot and do your due diligence, right? Like, you know, just because things happen right now, you know, we still are collecting data. We still have, you know, our analysts, our business analysts running data for us on a constant basis. And before we really make major shifts in strategy, we'll, you know, we still want to consult real data. Don't use emotion to substitute real data. Yeah. All right. So we got some homework for you listeners. Uh, Come up with a list of plans, a plan B, a plan C, a plan D, as far back as you're comfortable. And while you're doing this, remember to know your market and do your due diligence. And that wraps it up for today. That wraps up this week's product coffee. And I believe we've actually finished our coffee here. So thank you for joining us for product coffee. Now go level up. <laughs>